As I was preparing for this sermon, it reminded me of a time when I was a youth minister. It happened to be around February when we would be doing the the love, sex, and dating talk. And of course, there was the preacher's kid that was in the service, and he knew the scripture. He he knew the word of God, and and he would speak clearly uh, with with memorization. And and so we were talking a a little bit, and I I mentioned abstinence as part of the conversation. I was doing the right thing, okay, parents? And this child, he he was not quite a child, but he was about 14. He says, well, what do you think about the scripture? And he begins quoting in 1 Timothy that says, they forbid marriage and demand and abstinence, and then he goes on, for everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected, provided it is received with thanksgiving. He said, the way I hear it is everything is good, as long as you receive it with thanksgiving. As a youth minister, and having closed the Bible, and he's just quoting, not telling me where it's from, it sounded legit, right? We just read it. I quickly, as soon as the service is over, look in my Bible and read the entirety of chapter 3, which he liked to cut off, because it said they forbid marriage and demanded abstinence from foods. Whatever he had in his mind was not the exact idea. So I began to pray then and there for the preacher's son. So let us now take a moment and pray for my daughters, because I know they will be that. I'm teasing, but... (laughs) But we hear this passage of scripture and we live in a world and as it says where people's faith they begin by paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. We know this is in our world today. We know this is in our nation right here and now. People following false doctrine, teachings and spewing words of hate. And they can do it all in the name of the church. One that I'm familiar with is is Westboro Baptist Church that pickets at people's funerals and just spews hate. I don't believe in a God that calls us to do this. I believe in a God that is calling us to look and to serve and to give what he has placed in our lives. To look at what God has created with thanksgiving and that those who believe will know the truth. You see, we've been in a series of the healing of the heart of the nation. And we know that we are in a nation that needs healing. We need humility. We need prayer. And today, I think we need honesty. Yes, we can say that we need honesty for our political candidate, and we could do a whole topic on that, but I don't believe that's a sermon worthy of today. In fact, there are websites dedicated strictly to deciding who is telling the truth and who is not. And what cracks me up is this particular website that I found said a Nobel Prize winning I don't know how they won a Nobel Prize for this type of website, so I don't even know if it's the truth. But we live in a world that continuously tries to tell us to live another way, to focus on ourselves, our needs, our desires, what we want, 
And God has called us to godliness, to holiness and righteousness. And it is up to us to begin that process. It doesn't just say, yes, okay, I agree, this is what I'm going to do from now on. But it's a continual practice, a work in our life that we seek after God. We know what God has created is good. We see it in our children. We see it in our marriages. We see it in all of creation. I can't help but look at the beauty of the sunset around us and the colors that light up the sky. Or just a few weeks ago when the rain was coming through and the most amazing rainbow covering it. Or even the simplicity of shiny pumpkins. It brings us to a part where we are thankful for what God is doing, but does it stop right here in this place? Does it give us that one moment of peace and joy? Or does it go through with us in our day-to-day lives? Is it with us on the golf course? Is it with us in the classroom? Is it with us in the line at Walmart? Because I know you've got plenty of time to think about it right there. This is where we say preach, right? God is calling us to look to the Word. And that's what the second part comes in. And the title of it is A Good Minister of Jesus Christ. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is a young minister of the church of Ephesus. But he's speaking clearly that this is any of us, for we are all called to minister in our place, in our homes, in our location. And it says, if you put these instructions before the brothers and sisters, if you put them before the people, you will be a servant of Jesus Christ, a good servant, nourished on the words of faith and the sound teaching that you have followed. You see, I think all too often we come to this place because it's nice. We enjoy the padded pews. We like the people that sit beside us. The music is out of this world. And it's a nice, warm feeling you get. In fact, they even give you a little bit of coffee if you want it. But I think all too often that's where we stop. We stop with that warm feeling the moment our seats hit the car doors and we drive off this property. And I don't believe that's being honest with what God has called us to be. God has called this to be a life, not a moment. We are called into this place to sing from the depths of our heart. Great is that faithfulness. We are called to share with what God is teaching us. How many times do you read, you open the word of God? That, I could end the question there. How many times do you do that? But how many times do you read something and it's new? You wonder, did I get a new Bible? Is this, is this something that was just added? But it's the spirit of God speaking into your heart. If we are honest with who we are, we're not doing anything to change and heal our nation. We're comfortable in these four walls. We're comfortable in this location, in our house. But it challenged us to go out into the world. Well, that's just pushing the limits a little bit. 
That's not what God lets us feel comfortable doing. I actually heard someone tell me that. God's just not letting me feel comfortable talking to others about Christ. To this end, we will toil and struggle. We're going to struggle in the world in which we live. We are not going to have it easy. It's not going to be smooth sailing before us. But we are called to see and experience a risen Christ within this place, within our lives, and the world outside needs to hear it. You can't just sit here and hear and not go out there and share. We're not honest with what God is doing. We're not honest in our faith and our service. I love what this says because it tells us do have nothing to do with myths or old wives' tales. Train yourselves for godliness. While physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way. I have a friend at this moment is on the Ironman course trying to complete it before midnight tonight. This is a two-mile swim, immediately followed by a 114-mile bike ride, immediately followed by a 26.2-mile run. He's lost his mind, but he's doing it. But he's trained for it. I remember when Jonathan was training for his marathon and, and he would wake up at what I think is an ungodly hour of 4 a.m. to go run. Who does this? As you can tell, not me. But, but he was training to be the best. How are we training in our faith? How are we training in our life to be what God has called us to be? <coughs> Do you find yourself in the word of God? Do you find yourself looking for that, for the truth which God is speaking with newness, with excitement, with fervor? Right now in our church, our children are in a program which they're kind of repeating, but Bible Black Belt, they are memorizing the word of God. To hear my three-year-old quote scripture will bring you to your knees and say, thank you, Lord. But it stops at some point, doesn't it? It stops in our walk when we get out of the youth or the children mentality and we don't have the fervor with which to memorize or to study or even to share. Bill challenged us at our staff meeting just a few weeks ago to ask someone if they know of Pittman Park. Not somebody you know, just someone casually that you interact with in the line at Walmart, for example. Have you heard of Pittman Park? What do you know about it? I challenge you to do the same. Just ask someone how they, if they've heard, if they even know. What do you think they do there? What have you heard about them? And if it's positive, we'll say, well, come on, we invite you to come. If it's got a negative slant to it, share that with us. 
Because if we're honest, God has called us to serve all people. In this place and throughout the world, we're not called to be self-focused. God-centered is our calling. I remember hearing a a story that I read in in some article uh, several years ago, and I I put it in one of my sermons, so I went back and pulled it up, but I didn't have the the tag of where it came from, so I apologize for the the plagiarism in this, but I remember reading it. It said, Dear Sir, it seems some ministers feel their sermons are very important and spend a great deal of time preparing them. I've been attending the church for 30 years and have probably heard 3,000 sermons, and I can't remember a single one. I wonder if it's a minister's job might be spent more profitably on something else. The one reply that has always been with me is this, Dear Sir, I've been married for 30 years. During that time, I've eaten 32,850 meals, mostly my wife's cooking. Suddenly, I have discovered that I can't remember the menu of a single meal. And yet, I have the distinct impression that without them, I would have starved a long time ago. (laughs) What takes place in here challenges us to go into a world, to share with those who don't remember who don't know, and who need the Word of God. We each have a calling on us. You each are a minister in your location, wherever that may be. Take to the world the message of Jesus Christ. Be honest in who you are and know that with a little dose of honesty in our lives, we fall short. But God has called us to greater and greater Train yourselves. Start at one step. Read your Bible. Step two, share with one person what you've learned. Because when you share, it becomes deep-seated inside of you, and you can't help but live a changed life. The calling is before us. The wonderful, majestic, amazing God is saying, meet with me. And through our faith in Christ, we can heal this nation. If we bow ourselves in humility, we go to the throne of God in prayer. And if we're honest in who we are and what God has called us to be, then we can't help but to step out of this place and proclaim the love of God. Will you serve him? Will you honor God and be faithful in your witness? Let us pray. God, may we not forget your word. We can forget sermons, we can forget Bible studies, God, but may your word nurture our lives. May you train us for godliness in the present and the life to come, that we would know that even though we struggle, even though we toil in this place, that our hopes are set on you as the living God, creator of all. We give you thanks for this wonderful day, this day of worship of children, of singing, of proclaiming your goodness. Meet with us here and now.
that we would know your presence among us and live a life worthy of you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.